Hallelujah. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endures forever. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. He has declared to His people the power of His works and giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of His hands are very verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and in uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Amen. Lord, we're gathered in the name of Jesus this morning, Lord, to worship you. Father, we, do, we honor you. You are good. You define goodness. You are love. You define love. Words can't describe, but words are all that I have. So Lord, in this moment, <clears throat> I ask in the name of Jesus that you come near as we draw near to you. And Lord, we honor you. Lord, we worship you, our God. Lord, we want to learn from you. We want you to conform us more into the image of Jesus. We can't do it ourselves, Lord. We can't do it ourselves. Hallelujah. We honor you, Lord. We praise you. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. And we ask, Lord, that everything else that's done and said here will glorify you and encourage and empower us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. You know, over the last couple of weeks, you may be seated. Over the last couple of weeks, I, uh, I had the opportunity to listen to a couple of messengers, pastors that I respect. They, um, and, and just, they're not related or anything, but but just so happened that both of them used the example of Jacob, and it really stirred my heart towards something. They were both great messages, uh, but the Lord stirred my heart with something else, and I just really feel the, I really feel the uh, unction of the Holy Spirit to, to preach this. I, I, but I want to not lose where we were. Um, about a month ago, I think it was the 6th of July, uh, one of the messages, or we began at least a couple of messages where the the theme or what the, the statement that I made was, I think that um, missing in the church today is the true fear of the Lord. I mean, we, we enjoy church and the congregation and programs and everything else and great music and, and so on and so forth. But what there's, there's, there's lacking this true fear of the Lord. We have to worship God. It's in, in worshiping God in, in spirit and in with this, this adoration. And, you know, I'm just stirred to read the Psalms because in them you see this praise and adoration of the Lord, the greatness of God. And I want to be mindful of that myself and hopefully remind some of you as well. We're, we're not gathered in, in these meetings or we don't associate with one another just so that we could kind of give ourselves these, these self-help um, programs or these uh, these encouraging things that get us through a day or a moment or whatever the case may be uh, are we called to um, encourage one another? absolutely but in the spirit and by the spirit right not with the psychobabble not with you know just going ahead and commiserating with somebody and yeah you know I, uh, that so-and-so was right you know they're 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 a jerk you know so that we could come alongside somebody and and enable them to be mad or be bitter about somebody else and make them feel like they're okay that's that's okay and you've got somebody on your side. Do you understand where I'm going with that? Hey, no, this is to, we're here to encourage each other and in, in God, by the Spirit, in the Spirit. And we can't do that if we're not equipped or if we're not working in the Spirit. And we can't be that unless we have the fear of the Lord, unless we're worshiping God for who He is, tr the true and living God. Amen? And so I, I, my heart is still there, and I don't know... Um, 
Praise God. Lord be with me as we go. I'm going to go, I'm going to be in Genesis. I'll be in Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. I'm going to begin reading in verse 19. Some of this will be on the board uh, or up on the screens, I should say. Some of it won't. Um, But just bear with me as we go to Genesis chapter 25, beginning in verse 19. Lord bless us. And thank you. I'm so thankful to see some of you with uh, paper Bibles. I'm going to keep telling you and reminding you. It's okay if you have electronic right now. That's so fine. It's fine. Make sure you have a paper one in your house. Make sure you have the real deal in your house. Verse 19. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of uh, Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. So let me pause here for a moment. So just so you remember, Abraham, right? The father of faith, Abraham. Um, He had uh, other children. He had another child, his firstborn, but it was by the handmaiden. And remember, Sarah couldn't bear children. Isn't that amazing? Sarah couldn't bear children, had trouble, and then God granted it in the late, late years, amen? And that was Isaac. Isaac takes a wife, and she can't bear children. But Isaac goes to and makes his plea to the Lord, and then she becomes pregnant, pregnant with twins. So here we are. In verse 23, she goes to, now watch, she feels this struggle. I, I, I want you to get this. I think, um, I'm going to embarrass Angela just a little bit. <laughs> so as you know, Angela is, is carrying um, our seventh grandchild, her first child. Hallelujah. But, but you know, and, and she feels the baby moving within her now. And it's, and it's pretty neat, isn't it, Angela? It's pretty neat. It's pretty exciting. You have that life in you. And just, wow. And sometimes you could see through the stomach, you know, this pressure, this, whether it's a hand or foot. Now, if it's any, like his father... She'll be able to grab his hand or foot because I was able to, when he was, when Anthony was kicking and fighting, I could literally grab whatever that was, a foot or a hand. I could grab it. Now, now uh, so that, that brings me to this. Um, so, so now there are two babies in Rebecca and they are struggling and she's worried because now it's not, are the babies alive? The babies are alive or the baby is alive. She's not, they didn't have sonograms back then. So they didn't know that there were twins in there. She just feels this turmoil in, within her. And so she prays to the Lord, is it well? Is it, are things well with me? What's, what's going on? The Lord said to her in verse 23, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people should be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Correct? Right? Okay. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Now, many of you know, but I got to be honest with you, you know, very simply, Jacob, supplanter. And we know supplanter, uh, someone or something, um, taking the place of another as through force, scheming strategy, not 100% honest, a manipulator, right? This is the supplanter. That's why he was given that name. But now, if you, if you study the etymology of, the, the, of these names, Jacob and even Israel as we get there, it's, there's an Esau. There's, uh, you know, through the years, things get attached or there's play on words, okay? Okay, so, but now look, just just imagine, back then, the, the names actually meant something. That's why my mother named me Anthony. That means priceless. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, she named me Anthony because my grandmother named my father Anthony. That's really what happened. But, but anyway, but, but think about this. So now you see the second child uh, coming out but hanging on to the heel supplanter, the heel tripper. You know, I want first. And so they see that, uh, obviously, and that's probably how, and it's, there's probably some derivatives and letters get changed and things like that through the years. But anyway, so on and so forth, that's, that's really uh, what this is all about. This is him being a, the supplanter, him being the, him really fighting to get out first. Amen? That's, the, that's, that's what we're, we're getting out of this, okay? <laughs> Jumping now to verse 29. Now, Jacob cooked a stew. Let me, let me just... 
So these boys are growing up. Now, this is later on in life. I want to give you more context. So later on, the, the, the boys are growing up. Now, Esau is a hunter. Esau goes out, out, out and about, and he's hunting. He's, he, he's more like a, a man of the land, outdoorsy kind of guy, you know, where, uh, you know, Jacob is kind of more homesy. Jacob is, it says that he dwelt in tents, and that doesn't mean that he just sat in the room playing uh, Game Boy or whatever the kids are playing on. That doesn't mean that. What it means is, though, he, was, he stuck to home more. He probably shepherded the flocks and things of that nature, and he stayed in a tent where Esau was more like an outdoorsy type, okay? And so, unfortunately, you know, Rebecca favored Jacob, and Isaac favored Esau, and, you know, there was that. You know, uh, some of us in this room can understand some of those little things that happen in families and what it may or may not cause, so on and so forth, right? Okay. So poor me, poor them, poor it, whatever. But my brothers and sisters, so now these young men are growing up this way. Again, it's not to say, it, it, if, you were, if, if you were to say it, probably Jacob was more, more like a decent young man who just, you know, took care of business at the home, the family business, so to speak. And Esau was more of, not necessarily a rebel, but more of a, I'm on my own kind of guy. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. okay, so now they both grow up. Esau is out. He's hunting. He's doing his thing outdoors. Jacob was cooked a stew, was cooking stew. This is, again, verse 29. Esau came in from the field. He was weary. Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I'm weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. He, red, Edom also means uh, red. So, again, play on words and different things. Is it that important? Yeah, somewhat. Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is my birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me of this day. So you, you understand what's going on. Many of us know, all know, already know the story, but put yourself in that place at that time. Okay, you got the outdoorsy guy. He's coming in probably just, you know, famished. He, who knows how long he's been out there. Jacob happens to be cooking the stew. And man, I'm just, and you know, you go in, you're already hungry, and then that stew is cooking, and something happens on the inside of you. Come on, have you ever been so hungry... You know, have, have some, some of us who practice fasting, anybody, anybody here, if you go on a long fast and then it just seems like every commercial that comes on TV is food. Yeah. Every single one of them. And that doggone McDonald's hamburger looks like a filet mignon. Come on. And in fact, that cardboard looks pretty good. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying to you is not to be facetious or not to be you know, funny or demeaning in any way. I could see where this person... Esau is so strung out, so wrung out, so ready to have something to eat. He's looking at this. And, and Jacob now, scheming, the supplanter says, okay, you want it? I got a deal for you. And he agrees to it. He agrees to it. Look at, look at the rest of this verse. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus, look, look what it says here. Thus Esau despised his birthright. That's pretty powerful. You know what that, you know what I, when I read that, you know, he really had no regard for it. He, he had no regard for it. He was just, one of, you know what, it didn't mean nothing to him. It was like lint on the floor. It, it, it really, you know, he didn't regard, he had no regard for it, no respect for it. Are you there? You see what I mean? It doesn't mean that in that moment he just made a decision. Well, no, in that moment he did make a decision based on his own flesh, based on him, but in order for him to have had to make that decision, he didn't have high regard for it anyway. Are you with me? All right. All right. So now look, we read of Hebrew, we in Hebrews we read something of Esau. In Romans, Paul writes of uh, by the Holy Spirit, but I I believe Paul is also the author of Hebrews. Um, but in Hebrews, look at Hebrews with me, verse uh, fourteen of chapter twelve is where we'll begin. Hebrews twelve, verse fourteen. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be a fornicator or a profane person like Esau. You, you see that? 
See, I believe in my heart, my brothers and sisters, Esau was profane. That's why he turned down. Are you, are you with me? He was already profane. He, already, he didn't have regard for it. In my heart, I believe that. I believe that based on how quickly he did it. How He gave up his birthright that quick. That quick, according to the word of God. And then when I read scripture like this, it's describing what the apostle by the Holy Spirit is saying, look at that person. And he's comparing what that person was. In, right? He's using, look at present time. Pursue peace with all people, holiness, without which no one will see. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, um, many become defiled. Fornicators. So if, if you're a bitter person, if you're a fornicator, come on, profane. Know what profane means? You have no regard for godly things at all. You have no regard for morality. You have no regard for anything like that. Holiness is, it, it, it doesn't mean nothing to you. Come on. So Esau was that kind of person. Do, are you with me? All right. Uh, that might not mean a lot to you. It means something to me because now I'm, I'm looking at scriptures telling me a bigger picture, enlightening me, giving me more light as it relates to just that what I read in Genesis, now I see in Hebrews. I also see something in Romans. If you get a chance, look in Romans. Paul mentioned something else about uh, Esau. My brothers and sisters, the Bible is so descriptive, so distinct. It, it gives us the whole story. Amen? Amen? For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So this doesn't mean that he was trying to um, ask for forgiveness of his sin. That doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean that he... No, there was no, there was no changing it. That's what that meant. There were, there's no changing it. You can't change it. Why? Because, you know, we, we know what happened, right? And we're about to get there in a moment. But do you, do you understand or do you see the picture that the scripture is showing us of this person? And this person gave... Now, when I look at a person like that, I, I also... What, immediately what came to my mind was... Um, the prodigal son, for instance. There was a point in the prodigal son's life where he disregarded anything that the father had taught him, his upbringing. It wasn't important to him. That's not the kind of lifestyle that he was all up in with. He wanted to go and do the things that he wanted to do. He was a profane person. But then he came to himself. Hallelujah. Amen? Come on. I think, you know who else I think of? Uh, uh, Cain, the first murderer. He slew his brother right? Why? He had the same opportunity to make a sacrifice to God as his brother did. But listen, could then we also say that there was a certain profanity that was attached to Cain? Why? He didn't regard the holiness of God enough to give the proper sacrifice. I don't want to be profane. I, I don't want, like, well, Tony, that's pretty harsh. Is it really? When you think about what that means, where we get that from. And listen, the advantage that we actually have versus some of them. Well, you know, God really talked to them. Yes, he did. But there were also so many things that were just handed down by the people that God spoke to that they had to just trust and believe. We have all of that. We look back on all of this and see where God's word was actually proven. We see the things that God prophesied and how they came to pass. And oh, and by the way, we saw the promise that God promised from the beginning, from Genesis. We see it lived out in Jesus. And we see the redemption that is in Christ. And we see the empty tomb and the living Christ. Amen? Not only that, do we see that empty tomb and we, ex we experience His Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have less excuse than they do. Amen? Profane person. I, 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 I want to be careful. I want to make sure that I'm, not, I'm regarding the holiness of God as the holiness of God and I'm, and I'm living that out in my life. I'm showing that there is a holy God, an awesome God, and, I, he, and He's my Father. So I don't want to be profane in any way. Amen? And I know you don't want to either. So now, so this, this happens. Now Jacob, he gets it. Now, 
Isaac is, is, is old in years, and so Rebecca sees that it's, get, it's getting close to that time and forms a plan with her son Jacob to go in there and fool Isaac into giving him the blessing. And you guys know the story. He makes the, the venison, and, well, and, and even Jacob says, well, listen, my brother's kind of this hairy, outgoing, you know, outdoorsy kind of guy. I'm smooth. As soon as my father, you know, he's going he's gonna to know the difference, and he's going to know I'm trying to deceive him. No, 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 here's what you do. Take care of it. You go do what you got to do. I'll take care of the rest. This will be done. And we know the story. He comes near. He's wearing his brother's clothes. He's got goat skin on his hands and stuff so that when his father feels him, because he can't see anymore, he's so old, he, his father feels him. He feels, oh, this, this, this is my son. And, but you talk, but you sound like Jacob. So he, he really put him to the test. Smelled him. Felt him. Enjoyed the meal, and then he pronounces the blessing. He pronounces the blessing over him, and it can't be taken back. He, he, he leaves. Now Esau shows up right after that. I'm ready, Father. Here's the venison. I'm ready to be blessed. I'm ready for you to pronounce. Oh, no. It can't be undone. Esau hates Jacob. And he's just waiting for the proper moment. And then he's going to do away with his brother. Rebecca catches wind of it and she tells Jacob, here's what you need to do. You need to go and you're going to go to where your uncle lives, my brother. And you're going to find a wife there. We're going to tell your father that you know, we don't want you to marry. And that's another thing, by the way. They did not want, please forgive me for backtracking here, but I think this also lends itself to where we are in this scripture. Esau had already had a couple of wives and he married women of that land, women who that, you know, the mother and father really didn't approve of. They didn't want that bloodline to be that way, right? Because, so anyway, so that was one thing. Again, there is profane. They didn't, re he did not regard, right, what the word was. So now in this plan, in order for Jacob to escape, she devises a plan. We're going to go tell your father that you're going to go to a homeland and you're going to marry a wife there. Of one of our relatives, you're going to marry a wife there. And that's what they did. Jacob goes. Awesome. Jacob goes. When Jacob goes, he goes with nothing at all. And he gets so far and he gets to the place which then he names Bethel. He gets there and he goes to sleep. And in this dream, he sees this stairway to heaven. You know, some people call it Jacob's Ladder, but, and you've heard that. But there's this literal stairway where angels are going up and down. Angels are going up and down. He looks up and he sees God, the Lord, is at the top of the staircase and the Lord speaks to him. And the Lord tells him, I'm going to bless you. The, the pronunciation that he made on Abraham is going to be lived through you. It's, it's, it's awesome stuff. The supplanter. The supplanter. I'm going to bless you. So he continues on his journey, Jacob, and he ends up with a wife. Amen? He ends up with actually two wives because his uncle tricks him. So the, the one who is the supplanter was manipulated by someone who was a little bit better than he was. Okay, so someone said, well, you get what you deserve. Mm, no, -uh. God is able to make all things work together for good. Remember, he, he fell in love with Rachel, the younger daughter of Laban. And Laban says, okay, you know, hey, I'll work for you, have seven years, you give me Rachel. Yeah, okay. He works the seven years, and then he gives him Leah. I'll work for you another seven years, then you give me Rachel. And so he gets tricked, he gets fooled. And they're going through this whole, and you know, the process of time, they, they have children, and then they're getting into a contest. You know, Rachel can't have any children, so she lets uh, her, her head uh, handmaiden uh, be the surrogate. And at the same time, Leah's already had like three or four sons uh, before this happens. And then I guess she's getting a little tired, so she gives her handmaiden over um, to, to Jacob, and they've got a bunch of kids. <laughs> 
They end up, and, and between the two wives and the two handmaidens, they have the 12 tribes of Israel. We know that, right? So my brothers and sisters, now through the, again, through the process of time, he's got great herds. The Lord is blessing him, and he's blessing his, uh, his father-in-law now. Because he's, he's blessed of Jehovah. So his, he's working for his father-in-law. His father-in-law is becoming very rich and wealthy because of the blessing that is upon Jacob. At the same time, Jacob is blessed. Now, Jacob has his family. He has his... And he wants now to live on his own. And so he makes a, a deal with his father-in-law. The supplanter, the, the, he makes a deal with his father-in-law. And he, you know what he does? He, he, he says, I'll take all of the marked... Uh, goats and sheep, the ones that are spotted or striped, and all the solid color, color ones you keep. And so he watched, and when the strong ones were mating and they were spotted, and, and, and they were spotted or whatever, he'd make sure that there were striped pieces of wood. He peeled the wood. Do you remember that? And he put it near the troughs when the strong goats and sheep that were spotted were there. And so it ends up his herds were growing, and his father-in-laws weren't doing that well. Strife in the family. Amen. So you guys know, eventually he ends up, he being Jacob, ends up striking a deal with his father-in-law and they separate. They have this uh, commemorative stone. You won't pass this, pass this way. I won't pass that way. They say goodbye. They part. Now he's going. He, Jacob, is, his aim is now to go back to the land because that's really what God had placed in his heart on his head when he knew that his father-in-law's fields were big, his herds were big, his herds were big, he needs to go back to his land. So he's on his way back. One problem, Esau is still there. So we know what, we, what he does. He's on his way, and so in order to appease his brother, the, the trick, the schemer, he has a plan. Amen? And what's his plan? Well, his plan is I'm going to divide into a couple of groups. I'm going to divide all of my herds and all of my workers into two groups in case, you know, he attacks one, I'll still have the other. Right? So I'm going to divide my, I'm going to divide my riches so that he didn't get all of it. And, he, and then he, he says this. He says to each of his drivers of the herds, he says, okay, you take X amount of donkeys, X amount of the, and he gives, and you tell this, because now he's hearing that his brother is on the way. He, his brother hears he's coming. He's got 400 men and he's heading his way. So he's thinking the worst. This is it. So let me do this and I'm going to appease him. And he sends him gifts, gifts of the herds, right? And so, you know, when, when you see my brother Esau, tell him, you know, this, blah, 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 so on and so forth. At that same time, what he does, he takes his family and his closest servants and he, they're still with him, but he, they, he sends them across the brook Jabbok. You go there and he stays on the other side of the brook and he's going to spend the night there. Can you imagine how he feels? Before we go any further, I want, uh, just because just me trying to summarize the story, it's a little choppy, but understand, remember, he's the one that supplanted his brother. And his brother wanted that blessing so bad. Remember what we read in Hebrews. He even was crying over, man, we, and, but it couldn't be changed. And so then he had such hatred for his brother and his, in order for his brother to, to save his own life, he has to flee. And so now he knows he has to go back. And on his way back, how do I do this? How do I, how do I stay alive? How do I keep some of my goods and my possessions that I've, that I've worked for all of these years, 20 years. He was there about 20 years working for the wife, then working for the other wife, and then staying there and, and growing the herds and him himself, making his father-in-law so rich and wealthy, and then himself acquiring these goods and possessions because God is with him. But now he knows in his heart he has to go back. How do I do this? He has a plan. He starts executing his plan. But notice this, my brothers and sisters. He's executing this plan, but still, he's worried. He's, still, he's not sure if this is going to work. How do I know that? He divided them into two groups. He was giving so many gifts, he wanted to try to change his brother's heart to sway his thinking. Can you imagine how... So now he's there, he's at night, he's... he's he could lose it all. 
He could lose every bit of it. He's sweating it out. He's getting alone. He's on that side of the brook and we know what happens. And and we'll read some of this together in in 32. Genesis 32. I'm going to be in, in verse 24. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he, the man, touched Jacob's, the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he, was wrestled, as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. Okay, again, I wa- put, yourself, put yourself there. Jacob is by himself. And I, I got to believe in my heart that he's crying out to God. All right, or you know, he's he's exercising every thought, every scheme, and he's he's thought all of that through. Probably while he was on his way, he was planning and scheming how he's going to win his brother over, how he's going to do this, how could he hang on to some of what he has, trying to stay alive. And now he's nervous. It's about to be the time, and now he's by himself. By himself. Probably, my guess is, he's probably intending on... Get, he's no, he knows that God has already spoken to him. He knows. And so, is it possible? No, highly probable that he's on that side of the brook trying to get a hold of God. Have mercy on me once more, God. Protect me once more, God. Stay true to the covenant, God. Is, is it possible? And so, yeah... He's by himself and this man shows up and they're wrestling. And, and the man is not able to overtake Jacob so he pops his hip. And he's saying, now we've wrestled all night. Let me go because it's about to be daylight. This is the man. And we know the man. It's Jesus. And he's saying, let me go. It's about to be daylight. No, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go. I will not let you go till you bless me. My brothers and sisters, have you ever been that desperate? Has has anything, have there ever been any circumstances in your life where you just, I can't go to sleep, I can't eat, I can't, I got to get a hold of God. I think sometimes it's, it's, it's okay to, to live in the, the community. It's okay to have a great church and be a part of a body. But sometimes, my brothers and sisters, you just got to get along with God. You got to get away from the noise. And you, and you got to be insistent on the fact that even my own self, there's, a, there's something going on in here right now. Come on, there's something going on. I got to get away from my own self. I've got to get out of myself. I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what's your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. What is your name? I'm the supplanter. I'm the deceiver. See, my brothers and sisters, he's in the middle of that situation and he's telling hip on himself. I'm the supplanter. But God. But God. No. You're no longer the supplanter. Your name is Israel. Because and look I'm gonna I'll just read because <clears throat> You have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So I'm saying, okay, God, I mean, this, this just gets me choked up. I'm, 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 I'm in the middle of this and I, and I could relate to this in so many ways. I mean, I've had some times and, and, and probably many of you have had some times where you just had to have gotten along with God. I mean, I, I've shared this with you before. One night I was, and this is a business thing that I was going through, but I didn't want to, I, I didn't know how to handle this situation. It was so rough it wasn't, it wasn't life or death. But it was just, for me, so important. And I just stayed up all night. And uh, uh, God, I mean, what do I do? How do I handle this? God, I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't, I'm, you know, in a couple hours, I'm going to have this meeting. And, and you know, there's going to be all of these really, really important people. And you know, I don't want to defame this one. And I don't want to, but I got to tell the truth. How do I tell the truth without hurting somebody? How, God, help me. 
And you know, just before it was time for me to get dressed and go to work, the Lord answered. And it worked out. So in a very small way, in no way am I saying that situation compares to this, but in a very small way. So my brothers and sisters, how many of us will find ourselves in the same exact situation as Jacob, where we're dividing up all of that we own, where our, our, the lives of our loved ones may be on the line? Maybe, maybe not. But how many situations do you find yourself in the middle of where your heart, your passion, I mean, you just, I got I to gotta, I gotta have an answer. I have to know what to do. This is huge for me, for you, for us. This is huge. Did Jacob do everything right? No. His name said that he didn't. But God. And God said, you've struggled with God and men, but watch, and prevailed. See, that name Israel has a, a few meanings. It says you're, you're victorious, victorious with God or you're, you prevail with God. You overcome with God. You, amen? It, it, Prince of God. But when he says you've struggled with God, you know, he's, he, is he talking just in that moment? Yeah, he, yes, he's talking about that, that. That obviously you struggle with God. Let me ask you something. We know that that was really God. We do know that because he even confesses it. Jacob confesses it, right? Okay, so we know that that was God. You mean to tell me God couldn't just look in a certain direction and pin that man to the ground or, or make him turn into a piece of dust that quick? Of course he could. But what was that all about? Why did the Lord allow that to happen that way? To teach him and to teach you. See, all of that stuff that you just did, all of the scheming and all of the stuff, and all of that stuff that you were willing to give up, all of that stuff that is so important to you that you work so hard for, the blessing, all of that stuff, you're just rolling the dice right now with that. And so that you know that even with all of that stuff and with all of your intelligence, with all of your scheming, with all of your planning, you still don't know how it's going to turn out. With all of that effort that you made and with all of that knowledge that you think you have, with all of that, I will not let you go until, I, until you bless me. It doesn't matter. What matters is what the Lord blesses. What matters is what comes from the Lord. Because all of that stuff he could have lost in an instant. But even in that moment, there's something inside of him that says, I have to get a hold of God. I, all of that stuff that I value so highly won't mean anything. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Yes. Hallelujah. See, what, what is it that you value so highly? What is it that you want, your goals in life, and you, you value these things and you esteem them? That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have them. But my brothers and sisters, without God, they're nothing. They're absolutely nothing. Nothing. I'm not letting go. And do you see what the, the Lord says to him? You're strive, you've strived with God and men. See, and I think that this is not just speaking to, like I'm wrestling against God. No, I'm wrestling with God. Did you hear that? I'm wrestling not against God. I'm wrestling with God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. See, sometimes old Tony has the, uh, the flesh and the devil trying to minister to him to do or to say or to act or react. But inside of me is the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, stay with me. Inside of me is the Holy Spirit of God saying, No. You know better than that. No, that's not the right thing to do. No, don't say that back. No, shut your mouth. No, don't look cross-eyed. No, don't be angry. No, don't be bitter. Come on. No, don't cry and moan. No, don't complain. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm not striving against God. 
I'm striving with God. God is on my side. God is on my side. God is wanting to bless me. God wants to pour out His blessing on me. So much so that He's striving with me. And I'm not... And see, I... Hallelujah. There's one other person. Another person came to mind when I was meditating on this message. The Apostle Paul. Who wrote most of what we read in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul. Remember... He was such a religious zealot. He was so on fire for God, he was killing the church. And remember, he had a visitation. (laughs) He got a hold of Jesus. And what did Jesus say to him? It's pretty tough kicking against the goads, isn't it, Paul? It's pretty tough doing doing what you're doing. And then, who are you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And became the second greatest evangelist. Why? See, he was working against God. But God had a plan. You're striving with God. You're striving with God. But now you're going to get your... You're going to get your mind right. You're going to get your heart right. You're going to see what those prophets and what the law pointed to. And you're going to see me, Jesus. And now you're going to be striving with me against the enemy. Hallelujah. No longer you striving in yourself. No longer you striving against what you believe is the truth. No, no, no. Hallelujah. Or with what you believe is the truth. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, why it's so important that we know what this says. We could be fighting for or with something and, and it's wrong. We're believing a lie. I know what this says. I know what God is telling me. Holy Spirit is now bearing witness with me. So I'm no longer striving against God. We're striving with God. Hallelujah. Remember when the apostles were, when John the Baptist uh, sent his apostles, uh, his, his disciples, excuse me, he sent his disciples to Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? I think it was in, uh, gosh, I can't remember, please forgive me, I, I can't remember the script. But anyway, you remember that um, Jesus spoke of John the Baptist very highly, right? John, he was striving against the government, he was striving against the religious bigotry as it related to... My, my brothers and sisters, he, he was striving against the puppet king. He was striving against uh, politics. He was striving against, But he was striving with God. God was with him. He's fighting the fight. But, and, and, but he was in prison. And he's, he's got those little... Are you the one or should we wait for another? But you know what? John the Baptist was very instrumental in being the light bearer. He, he performed his assignment. He did his good works. I, I, I know that we'll see him in heaven. This is going to be an awesome day when we all are sitting around that table enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb because of what we strived for. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And who we fought with. Not against. With. Hallelujah. Awesome stuff. Do you know that Jesus said... That until the days of John the Baptist, now from the days of John the Baptist on, the, the, the kingdom has not suffered violence. Now the violent take it by force. What does that mean? There's this serious movement now. There's this serious intention. There's this passion now. The kingdom of God has been revealed. And now people are striving for the kingdom of God. Come on. You are, you, come, see, we can't be passive and complacent. Not in our personal lives and not as it relates to our church. That doesn't mean we go and march on the uh, enemy's camp with pitchforks and rifles. That doesn't mean that. What it means is, here's what we're willing to do, is get down on our knees and spend some t- and get a hold of God. It means we get on our knees and we don't get up until we know that we've gotten a hold. I will not let you go until you bless me. Have you done that lately? Have you got on your knees and you've begged God for I will not let you go until I hear what you want me to do. Tell me what direction you want me to go in. Help me with this stumbling block that I keep tripping over. Have you done that lately? See, that, that's what being someone who is violent in Christianity, that's being violent. I'm getting a hold of God and no one's going to stop me. Not even my own self. Not even my own flesh. I will not let my flesh stop me. 
This is the position that Jacob took. This is what we see in this. Jacob is saying, there is, no, I am not letting go of you. If I have to fight you another night, I will not let go of you until you bless me. This is the only place, this is the only portion that I can have with you. Hallelujah. I will not let go. I will not let go. Jacob asked, telling me why, Jacob was saying, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? He said, why is it that you asked about my name? And he blessed him there. So the Lord blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Jacob knew who it was. He knew who it was. My brothers and sisters, there's so much and when I thought about that, you know what the, re the thing that we have to get first? You got to go to God in truth. You, ha you have to go to God willing to say, I'm Jacob. You have to go to God when God says, okay, what about it? He already knows. God, I've lost my temper this week. God, I'm struggling with my temper. See, remember, those names were, they were names for a reason. Remember where we started. Okay? I, I, yeah, my name may be Anthony. But now, when I get before God, and remember what we talked about being naked. When I'm naked before God. It, yeah, my name might be priceless, but my life isn't reflecting what my mother named me. So now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say, God, I've messed up. And you're the only one that could fix this. I'm not going to take a pill. I'm not going to see this psychologist, this psychiatrist, this, I'm not going to do that. God, I'm, now listen, God, I, every time I say this, I know I'm going to offend people. If you're on medication, I didn't just tell you to flush your medication down the toilet. I didn't do that. If you're seeing a Christian psychologist, praise the Lord, make sure there's scripture involved in it. If you're seeing a, a secular psychologist, go get yourself a Christian one. Because anything that they're going to tell you is temporal. I'm just, and I know I'm going to get myself in trouble for this. I don't care. I don't. If you're not getting better with God's help, you're not getting better. It's temporal. So here's what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters. I'm not letting go of you. God, I have this issue. God, I have that issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got this small group. I've called this person. I've got this prayer partner. But my brothers and my sisters, you've got to get a hold of God. And you've got to be straight up with Him. God, I don't deserve to even be able to come into your presence. So forgive me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you're sincere and you're striving for holiness and you're striving just to be his kid, when you're striving, my brothers and sisters, with love in your heart toward God and adoration for God, knowing that, hey, it's not him that messed up, it's me that messed up. When that's... that's he calls you by a beautiful name. He calls you his kid. He calls you his kid. He sees you in the righteousness that was provided to you by Jesus. So I may go to him with a dirty name and I'm going to strive with him because his spirit in there is driving me to perfection. And so I may go in there with some dirt on my garments. I may go in there, you know, calling myself an idiot. How could I be fooled like that again by the devil? How could I let my flesh have victory over me? How could I do that? I may go in there that way. But I come out a prince or a princess of God. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please.
God, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that no matter what we do, no matter what we do, that you are gracious and merciful. Lord, help me, help us, we, anyone under the sound of my voice. Father, help us not to take advantage or try to take advantage of your grace and mercy. Lord, I'm so thankful for it, but at the same time, Lord, I don't want to abuse it. So Lord, please, in Jesus' name, would you please strengthen us where we're weak. Lord, the scheming, the manipulating, the plans, the thoughts that we have, um, the goals that we have set. Father, if any of those things are without you, Lord, I pray that they would vanish away. Father, that we would receive rebuke from you, directly from you. Hallelujah. Lord, anything in our lives that's not of you, any plan, any thought, anything, Lord, would you please destroy it? Lord, we want to get a hold of you. I pray, Lord, that because of this message, because of your word, that there would be more people in this room and under the sound of my voice that would get so much more serious with their prayer life. Lord, that we would want to get a hold of you and not be satisfied until, until, Father, you recognize us. Until, Lord, you bless us. And, Lord, I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about the blessing that says, I'm your son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Lord, whether we're young or old in this room, whether we're a teenager or whether we're, no matter where we find ourselves on our journey, Lord, let this be a spiritual marker. And in this moment, may we be more determined than ever to live our lives, hmm, not as profane, but in worship and adoration with our mind and our hearts toward you, holy, blameless, in Jesus' name. Amen? amen. And amen. amen. I hope that ministered to you as much as it does to me. Amen. And in the days ahead, I hope that you would just at least take with what the Holy Spirit has dropped on you. And if not anything else, spend a little bit more praying and trying to get a hold of God in sincerity. In sincerity. Be real with God. Go to God and just bless Him by telling Him the truth. Amen. Amen. So now God... Let the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You're our strength and our redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace.